This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. Welcome back to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast, where each week my daughters and I process topics that moms and teens are asking about. Helping you foster a more connected relationship and maybe learning about Gen Z along the way. We're going to try to enter in to what could potentially be a sensitive conversation um, for our listeners, but as much as possible, I want to talk about this in a way that is relative to teenagers right now. Okay, so it is October and we are in the midst of an election and there's a lot of tension in our nation. And I just want to talk a little bit about your perspective as a 14 and 17 year old um, without going into where you lean and where we lean and what we think is right and all of that. I just want to hear your thoughts and talk a little bit about what it's like for you all in your generation. So one of the things that I appreciate so much about you, Sophie, is that ever since you studied that logos, pathos, and ethos ethos in middle school, you are very attuned to biased media and the messaging that we are given. And you've really held us accountable to watching um, both ends of the spectrum in terms of our news sources. And you, you won't tolerate one leaning or another without naming the bias. I've really valued and appreciated that. I'd love to hear more of your thoughts around that. Yeah. Um, well, everyone has bias. That's just part of being human. So one thing that I have been very focused on is being able to form my own bias and not basing it off of what anyone else is saying. So the two major news channels in America right now are Fox News and CNN. And I think you actually showed me a chart of this, and those are the two most biased news channels. And I have been able to see it more and more ever since that lesson in middle school, where they are forming their bias by only picking out information that will help their cause. And that's actually a fallacy. And fallacies are starting to annoy me more and more as I see them used more and more commonly in the media. But to pick out the information is to hide the truth from the viewer. And I want us as a family to know the true truth and to be able to form our own opinions from the truth that we see. Well, okay, for those of us who it's been like 30 years since we were in school studying that sort of thing, can you define fallacy, what you mean by that? So fallacies are just things that you might use in an argument to make yourself 
seem right, but they're actually wrong and they're like, I don't know, almost illegal when you're like writing a astute paper. They're based on no evidence. Yes. So I would say the closest and first one that I think of when I when I was saying like picking out the data is the red herring well, red herring fallacy, is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah. Where it's like you're only showing what is true. Um to your side. To your side. Yeah. Um I mean that's also kind of like distracting from what the real fact is. Um, there are some that are also used like slippery slope where like you point out one fact, which is A, and if A is true, then you immediately go to Z and this must be true as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm also seeing that a lot. And in the recent presidential debates, you're assuming because one thing is true, then another must be true when you're not actually basing any claim on the evidence Mm -hmm. that is before you. And where Sophie's knowledge really comes like in handy is we we tend to watch one of those news channels a lot and then sometimes for fun we'll go in and watch the other one and we'll say, Oh my gosh, this is so biased and how could they even say that? That's so extreme and then a little Sophie. Sophie says, How about we go back and we watch our news channel and we pick out all of the bias that our news channel is saying? And that's been really, really helpful is that we always think that we're right and that the other person is being way too extreme. And then we go back and with Sophie's ethos, pathos, logos, fallacy knowledge, um, we can kind of pick out where we are also seeing that misinformation. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you know adults are realizing and talking about more and more is how narrow our world has become because of the the algorithms and social media that we continually see more and more of what we already wanted to see. And the voices that we are hearing are are narrowed. And so it, it can be actually quite rare to have friends or know people who are completely different in thinking or will vote completely differently this year. What is that like in your generation? What's that like in your world of peers? Uh, I don't really know how to answer that because, I mean, I think in general, like, my world is the same. Like, I have the algorithm, too. On my social media, like, I'm showed these little cookies and, like, I fall bait to whatever it is. Um, On my YouTube, I have, like, done it in the wrong way. Like, I have looked up the videos, like what Ella was saying, of the opposite news channel, and now it is, like coaxing me (laughs) with the other news channel because it thinks that that's the one that I actually watch and the one that I actually want to see. So in some ways, like I am fully victim to that as well. But also like it's just part of where we live. We, I feel like, have a very liberal community. Part of that's being in the town of a college and part of that's just being further in the west and in the north um but also it's just my generation um we have grown up seeing these debates and seeing what other people think so we are also very divided because our parents are divided and because we are seeing the divided news so some kids i've noticed are very very conservative and others are very very liberal but there's always always a political correctness and you can like 
always say something wrong with just like the little hint at anything and you're going to be jumped on by either an extreme liberal or an extreme conservative because nothing is right anymore. Mm -hmm. So the same kind of lack of dialogue, healthy dialogue, intelligent dialogue that we adults seem to be unable to have is true for your generation as well. Absolutely. Um, What I'm seeing, so I'm 17 and I follow a lot of high schoolers who are my age. And what I'm actually seeing is less of the Um, the cookies, the algorithm. I just follow a lot of people who post about these things. And what I'm seeing this year is people who are posting very intelligent um, threads. So on people's stories, they'll be like, here's how to pick out bias, or here's the reasons why this candidate, like what this candidate has said that's incorrect, or here's the reasons why both candidates need to like work on their speaking skills. So what I'm seeing is a bunch of teenagers who are getting really, really passionate and who are learning from past mistakes, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really cool. What I'm also seeing, Sophie, um, is stuff like you were mentioning, is people who post about super, super extreme ideas and then it divides us. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful for the trend that I'm seeing and some of these threads. Yeah, well, I wish I could see more of what you're seeing (laughs) on people's stories of them getting passionate and really trying hard to Mm -hmm. be as intelligent and informed as possible. Mm -hmm. Ella, one of the things that you mentioned after the first presidential debate a few weeks ago, you went and watched the debate, the presidential debate from 2012, Mm -hmm. which was between Obama and Mitt Romney. Mm -hmm. And share share with our listeners what you shared with me about what that was like to watch that. Mm-hmm. So in 2012, I was nine. Um, <laughs> so I had no idea what the Obama administration was like. I really had no clue um, what either presidential candidates were standing for. The only thing that I knew was what, who my parents were voting for. So when I went back, and actually this this video just came randomly up on YouTube for me, algorithm, I guess. And I watched it and I was amazed by how poised and respectful both candidates were. And I said to you, Mom, you know it's a good and respectful debate when you want both candidates to be president. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. When they are speaking intelligently on the issues at hand, and I could disagree with issues, and I could stand for some issues, and obviously there are policies that I wouldn't be supporting, but either way, I would support someone as respectful as that, because... We can disagree on policies, but you can't really disagree on character. Um, And so what I was seeing in the presidential debate a few weeks ago was the complete opposite. Um, And for somebody, I'm now growing up watching um, one administration, and unlike Obama's administration, I get to see how it's coming about. And so I think it's really interesting to compare the two. Now that you're more aware. Now that I'm more aware. And you're yeah. watching and you're seeing, like, I think that's is what we're all lamenting is is a lack of respect, a lack On of both sides, class, yeah. um, a, lot, a lack of being able to, what we could say, cross party lines and cross the aisle mm-hmm. and just really dialogue respectfully about different policies. It just feels so polarizing, mm-hmm. so black and white. And what I'm hopeful for and what I'm hearing from you two for your generation is that you would continue to demand um, integrity and demand authenticity 
and demand respect, respect and action behind words, words. Like, I feel like maybe, maybe it's true that what we've taught you, (laughs) we as my generation has taught you and your generation, you'll actually call us to the carpet and demand that we follow through Mm -hmm. on what we taught that our action would actually follow through on our words. Mm-hmm. Tell me you're going to do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> when, I'm, when I turn 18, I will definitely be voting very strongly for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts um, just as we enter into the last few weeks of this election year and just what your generation is, is seeing and any kind of um, conversations that, that you would encourage parents to be having with their kids? I think just open discussion. And I think um, calling integrity to yourself as you're having these discussions. So instead of riling each other up over what you're really, really angry about, just talking about the pros and cons to both sides um, and just being really honest with yourself. And then I think girls to other girls having respect for both sides of the spectrum um because you know god loves us no matter what we who we choose to vote for and i think that we should love everybody no matter what they vote for that doesn't mean that we can't have discussions that doesn't mean we can't be passionate but just having respect for everybody yeah just piggybacking off of what ella said um another thing that we don't see other than respect is open-mindedness and like listening ears and that love that God has over all of us we are not seeing in the world today and we need to reintroduce this and mothers you need to teach your daughter this because we need to love our neighbors even if they are in different political parties (laughs) and it might sound cheesy but to love isn't just like physical touch or acts of service, it's letting them speak, letting them share their opinion, letting them back up what they have to say, and listening to them with an open mind and an open heart. Thanks for listening to the Fierce and Lovely podcast. You can find more great resources on raising teen girls in 2020 at www.fierceandlovely.org. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, lonely, or stuck, Well, every month, a community of women is coming together online to become more intentional mothers to teen girls and to develop the connection they deeply long for. We call it the Fierce and Lovely Moms Membership Community, and you can learn all about it at fierceandlovely.org. Mom, you and Dad and I were watching the vice presidential debate, I think was it last week? And I had just come from a very long night of work and I sat down and you were sharing with me the fly on Pence's head. (laughs) And the first thing that I said was, mom, you better know that that's going to be a meme. Look it up. We look it up. It already has 500,000 retweets. And this was what, 20 minutes ago? (laughs) I love, love, love the meme culture. I hope that it never ends. Any other memes that have come out of either of the two debates that us moms need to know about? Ooh, there was the Kamala Harris stare, the I'm speaking stare that I think is so powerful. Oh, it's so funny because when they put it into meme format, it just turns into perfection. <laughs>